Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. ...are underway as a Category 1 hurricane approaches after lashing Bermuda. The National Hurricane Center expects that Lee will make landfall in eastern Canada tomorrow. And three men accused in a plot to kidnap Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer in 2020 have been found not guilty. Other nine others have been found guilty of charges of kidnapping the governor. Leland Vitter's coming up next. I'm Elizabeth Vargas. Have a great night. Guys, we can't do that. You can't. On the program tonight, worst. I'm going to go to bed. Week. I taught at the University of Pennsylvania for four years. Ever. I wish I had a chance to take all your questions, but I'm going to get in real trouble if I do that. Impeachment, indictment, and age. Does the White House have a plan to get a win? Thank you very much. That's all I'm going to say. Thank you. And what point have you been directly involved in the negotiations? They tried to silence her. I really believe that women should be competing against other biological females. A college coach suspended for criticizing trans athletes in women's sports tells us why the fight is so important. And pearl clutching at its finest. It looks like the Democrat Party is just Pornhub. The fury unleashed over a Virginia candidate's thorny past. If you scratch a Democrat, sometimes you'll expose a degenerate. Why Republicans can't get enough of Susanna Gibson. Plus, fighting crime. St. Louis replaced a Soros prosecutor with a law and order Republican. The difference he made in just three months. Welcome to the Ferris Show on television. First tonight, we will take stock of President Biden's week. It's not been a good one. That's not Republicans saying it. That's not us saying it. That is MSNBC saying it. Today, President Biden is faced with a double blow of an impeachment inquiry and the indictment of his son. A comment at the end of his Bidenomics speech hinted at how the White House would like him, perhaps, to respond to this sensitive subject. Say nothing at all. It's not that things were so bad this week for the president. They were. It's that there appears to be no hope for it to get better. Even as staunch as supporters privately admit, there is little reasons to think next week will be better. Next week, there will be a win for the White House. Take, for example, the United Auto Workers strike. This should be Union Joe's moment. Instead, those on the picket lines blame him. If Biden were here right now, what would you say to him? He would never be here. You know what he did to the rail workers? 
union workers on a picket line, not for a Democratic president. Natural constituencies now want nothing to do with the president. And even usual defenders are now distancing themselves. Here, for example, are the ladies of The View. I don't know how he was qualified to work in Ukraine, to work in China. And he also seemed to, in my opinion, present that he had access to his father. There were phone calls like, let's speak to the big guy. That's problematic. In Washington, things go badly the way Hemingway described going broke, slowly and then all at once. We might look back on the second week of September as the beginning of the end of Joe Biden's political career. MSNBC today called their segment Mounting Problems. So let's review. Just this week, his age continues to cause problems, and it's getting worse. On Monday, for example, he made up a story about where he was on the day following 9-11. CNN did a fact check in which said they said he's told three significant untruths this week alone. His approval rating is sinking. A poll Wednesday showed 67% of Americans think the country is on the wrong track. Much of that is because of the economy. Inflation numbers this week show what we all know. Life is getting more expensive. Thursday came the indictment of his son. CNN legal analysts say there is more to come in the cases against Hunter Biden. Something he does not emphasize, does not want to talk about. That's all I'm going to say. Thank Mr. you. Mr. President, at what point would you get directly involved in the negotiations? Should Hunter get a pardon? I wish I had a chance to take all your questions, but I'm going to get in real trouble if I do that. All of the things that we have listed, he can recover from. It's hard, but possible. Losing confidence of your supporters is far harder. Considering the Washington Post, a new op-ed reads Democrats are crazy to insist only Biden can beat Trump. Why on earth would a political party supposedly in the business of channeling the views of the people tack determinately into the face of such widespread and well-founded opposition? The piece follows the first domino to fall, which was from David Ignatius. He wrote President Biden should not run again in 2024. I don't think Biden and Vice President Harris should run for re-election. It's painful to say that, given my admiration for much of what they have accomplished. But if he and Harris campaign together in 2024, I think Biden risks undoing his greatest achievement, which was stopping Trump. That is David Ignatius. There is nothing that says establishment Washington liberal more than David Ignatius. It's one thing for the media to question the president and his running mate. It's a completely different level of concern when members of his own party avoid offering their full-throated support. Do you think Kamala Harris is the best running mate for President Biden? You might be a stronger vice presidential uh, running mate than her or me or anybody else. I don't know. Somebody got to Jamie Raskin because he walked that rare moment of candor back pretty quickly on Twitter. But a couple of weeks ago, we said the 2024 race might look a lot more like 1968 when Lyndon Johnson dropped out rather than 1980 when Jimmy Carter got beat. If that happens, historians will look back at this week, the week Mr. Biden lost CNN, MSNBC, The View, and The Washington Post. They will look back on this week. Think about it this way. Reporters and editors may still like Mr. Biden in a way. But this week, even his supporters in the media realize things don't look good. They jump ship rather than suffer the embarrassment of going down with it or even the possibility of going down with it. That makes this week even worse for Mr. Biden 
because the fewer media friends he has, the worse things get. It's a snowball. It happens slowly and then all at once. Niall Standage is here, White House columnist for our partners at The Hill. Am I overstating the problem? No, I don't think you are. I think the decibel level of panic is rising here because of this whole range of problems that President Biden is suffering from. If the election were held tomorrow, it seems to me pretty clear he would lose. And that obviously alarms Democrats a lot. For so long, it has been remain calm, everything's okay, the White House had it under control, and they sort of wanted to project this image of of everything's fine. Are the alarm bells starting to be heard inside the White House? I'm not sure if they're starting to be heard inside the White House. I think they're being heard very loudly in a broader liberal and democratic world. In the White House, they still believe there is a path to victory. It's basically emphasizing the economy and kitchen table issues, stressing abortion, abortion rights, and trying to paint Republicans too extreme. Is that going to work? That's the question. All right. New uh, Reuters Ipsos poll shows Trump holds a small advantage in seven states where the 2020 presidential election was the closest. Georgia, Arizona, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Nevada, and Michigan. In those states, Trump led 41 to Biden 35, 24 percent undecided. So important, but not necessarily definitive. Uh, Certainly, if you're Donald Trump, you're a lot happier with that poll than if you are Joe Biden. Other than waiting for Donald Trump to screw up and say something really wild, which invariably he does, what's the White House's plan to get a win? Well, its plan right now is to spend $25 million in this advertising campaign that's on the air right now, focusing primarily on swing states, stressing the president's economic record. They believe that his economic record hasn't got the credit it deserves. They want to tell that story. Now, a Democratic strategist was saying to me just the other day, that's fine if it comes to the end of that campaign in December and he's in a much improved position. What if the numbers don't move? What then? And that's where the problem is. So, and I want to just be fair to the White House, but their idea is, is that people are going to see this advertisement and say, how I feel about the economy is wrong? I... I What do they think people don't understand about what President Biden has done? In short, they think they're failing to grasp two things. One is the job creation record, which is legitimately strong, in fairness. The other point is that even though inflation ticked up, it is a long way down from those historic highs it had last year. 9.1%, I think, from memory, was the peak. So it has reduced. Now, do voters give you credit because prices are still rising, but less quickly? You know, debatable. Yeah, again, it's a tough, tough place to hang your hat between that and Donald Trump. Uh, approval polls, uh, Biden's approval sits at 42 percent. So that's the real clear politics average. Some some have had him lower than that. Michelle Obama is liked by 61 percent of the country. She's second, I think, only to Gandhi and uh, the Queen Elizabeth, both of whom are dead. New Gavin Newsom's approval rating is at 58 percent. We've had Newsom watch here on on the program for a while. Uh, what what would you be watching for over the next couple of months to sort of read the tea leaves as to whether or not Democrats are making contingency plans? I think there are, in a way, already contingency plans made, but it's just that the purpose of those plans isn't to push the president out of seeking re-election. Gavin Newsom is very clearly, Leland, positioning himself 
as a fallback option if some dramatic thing should happen or if the president should suddenly have second thoughts. What I find interesting is this is a point at the election cycle where you would expect to see the party coalescing behind a president. And in fact, we're seeing exactly the opposite of that, this sort of splintering or this rising anxiety. Yeah, we'll never underestimate Republicans' ability to screw it up, which in the one thing that will coalesce a, a party is impeachment by the other side, which is what's happening. So there you go. Uh, Niall, thank you very much. Pleasure. We appreciate the analysis as always. Speaking of the United Auto Workers strike, it perfectly encapsulates the political divide in America because it's not left or right. It's rural versus urban. It's blue collar auto workers versus progressive college graduates. They're the ones who drive Teslas. CNBC.com writes the United Auto Workers strike is bringing a blue-collar versus billionaire battle to the Motor City, just as UAW President Sean Fain wanted. He wants to represent not just union members, but also America's embattled middle class, which the UAW helped to create. But the billionaires mostly remain on the side of the progressive college graduates, the people who love electric cars and President Biden's climate change agenda. If you track back from the union's current grievances, you find President Biden's massive push towards electric vehicles, something he glossed over today. Auto companies have uh, seen record profits, including the last few years, because of the extraordinary skill and sacrifices of UAW workers. Those record profits have not been shared fairly, in my view. Auto workers help create America's middle class. They deserve a contract that sustains them in the middle class. In fact, much of those record profits come from government subsidies for electric cars. In the future, non-union labor will manufacture many, if not most, electric cars, as we've reported for almost a month. The UAW strike pits the middle class against progressive college elites. It's very simple. We're joined by Kim Dieselberg from Kokomo, Indiana, where she works making engines and transmissions for Ram trucks, Jeeps, Grand Cherokees, Chargers, and more. Um, all right, small town, 4,500 hourly workers, 600 salary staff. Kim, as I understand it, that as the shift towards electric vehicles happens, your plan is one of the first ones to close. Why is that? Um, well, it wasn't, um, shockingly, but I think it's because we make the majority of the uh, transmissions and we have an engine plant that is struggling heavily. All right. Help us help us understand what the disconnect here is, because you have President Biden who says he's the most pro-union president in history. Uh, he talks all the time about his support of unions. Almost every other event that he goes to um, is with unions. And yet it's the UAW who's striking right now. And we keep hearing from members how upset they are with President Biden. Yeah, it is. It is a little disheartening. I mean, we have Bernie Sanders actually comes to our events and does stuff which is really nice and then we have biden who won't even pick a side and i think today they said he did say that we do need it which is nice for him to finally say something but it is disheartening because i voted for him and it, it breaks my heart would you really vote does. for him again no wow. i would not <laughs> tell me why yeah. is that because when you make a promise and you say you're something and you don't come through, that's why I don't like politics. Because politicians, I hate to say it, but if someone was just honest, I think someone would get voted in. I mean, I think that's important. I mean, nobody's perfect. We know that. 
but they just need to be honest about what the truth is. And all we want is our fair share. And we gave up concessions when they needed it. But then when it came to giving it back, because they were like, oh, we'll give it back. Well, they've been making all this money this whole time. All we want is to get our fair share. Do you think part of the reason that the auto companies are, shall we say, being a little stingier is because they know they have such huge subsidies coming from from us, from the taxpayer, but from the federal government because of the push towards electric vehicles and the subsidies for them? Absolutely. I think uh, the money that they get from the government helps a lot for them, and that makes it easier for them, which is wrong because they're always telling us that. And, you know, we're getting a battery plant in our backyard right now, and we really want that to be unionized, and nothing's been said about it. They even did a ribbon-cutting ceremony in a private hotel room or a rented one at the hotel. I mean, it's been very private. It's been very upsetting. Yeah. Interesting. We just just want what we deserve. We started the segment by talking about the urban-rural divide, right? And I'm, I'm wondering if the rural values that, that you and your fellow workers have uh, are, are at odds in your mind with the college-educated progressives who still work from home because of the pandemic uh, and, and are able to uh, sort of enjoy, enjoy that life, if you will, vote for policies that have done the things that they've done to you and your jobs. Do you think they understand what it's like to work on an assembly line for 8, 10, 12 hours a day? No, they have no idea. I mean, my daughter-in-law, she works from home except for one day work week. And I said to her, I said, what would you do if you had to go back every day? She said, I would hate it because she has a baby now. And she's like, it sucks. I don't want to be away from her. And I said, what do you think everybody else thinks? So, I mean, it's very personal for us because we just want to have a fair share. Yeah. Well, it's hard to argue with people who work as hard as you all do to not to, to not have to not have that. Um, yeah. Kim, I, I appreciate you being with us. Thank you. Um, I fear no this is going to go on for a while. We're going to check back in with you. All right. I hope so. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Republicans and conservative media just can't get enough of Susanna Gibbons. She's the Virginia House of Delegates candidate who moonlighted doing online pornography with her husband. We first told you about the story earlier this week, but now for some odd reason, Republicans are obsessed with it. It looks like the Democrat Party is just porn hub. I mean, it's all it's not a, it's not a hub for economic growth, but it is essentially porn hub. The pearl clutching at its finest. We have the ire of Fox News, of course, and another Rupert Murdoch-owned outlet. The New York Post writes, if Suzanne Gibbons' naughty videos don't turn voters off, maybe her lack of common sense will. That's a different discussion. Not to be outdone, the advocacy media on the left has some strong opinions in Gibson's defense. CNN writes, Virginia Democrat and key Senate House race calls sharing of pornographic videos uh, among that she put online the worst gutter politics, the headline from Politico. So what if a candidate live streams sex acts with her husband? Then there's the Associated Press, Virginia candidate who live streams sex videos, draws support from women and a leading Democrat. Joining us now, the aforementioned Democrat, Senator Louise Lucas. It's good to see you, ma'am. Thank you. We appreciate this. Why do you think this story has such incredible fascination. After all, it did start with uh, non-conservative outlets, the New York Times and the Washington Post. 
I think it has a lot to do with, as it does with uh, when we talk about reproductive rights. Republicans seem to be obsessed with women's autonomy. And I don't know why all of a sudden this has gotten to be such an interesting story, because I want to know what that has to do with her ability to legislate. She is right on the issues. She's the right candidate for the right time. And I am personally standing with Susanna Gibson. Well, look, you're, you're willing to come on and talk about it. We appreciate that. We've invited her on. Um, so far, she hasn't done any interviews. We'd love to be able to talk to her. But I, I, let me just ask you this. What, are, what do you say to voters who say, look, it doesn't have anything to do with the fact that she did this. If somebody wants to do this with their husband and put it online and ask for tips or money or whatever else, that's, that's her business. But that doesn't represent the kind of values or, the, more importantly, the kind of judgment that I want somebody, an elected official, to be making decisions about me and my tax dollars. Well, let me just say this. Nobody is perfect. And the legislators are just like any other person in that community. They have their shortcomings. They have their outstanding features. And I can say to you, I don't know what that issue with she and her husband has to do with her ability to serve in the legislature. We have a lot of people in the legislature who have done a lot worse things. <laughs> well, you, you might you might be you you might be onto something there. I, I'm old enough to remember though, and because this came up at the town hall a couple of days ago with Vice President Mike Pence, so much was made, for example, about how he handles his his life with his wife, and that he won't eat dinner with a woman, for example. That was something the left was very upset about uh, about the relationship he had with Karen Pence. Really, really uh, sort of raked him over the coals about it. Amy Coney Barrett. Uh, also has been the subject of, of huge criticism by the left over how she leads her personal life. Why Why is it fair, same with uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, why is it fair for the left to attack women on the right for how they lead their lives and how they conduct their personal life and what they believe, but it's wrong for the right to attack a woman who chooses to make pornography with her husband? Okay, therein lies a double standard, and it's always that way. Not only is it that way with women, well, all women for that matter, and, I take, and I've been a target of those kinds of criticisms. You take one little thing that a man has done 10, 20, 100 times worse, but the woman has always catched the wrath as if all of us are perfect and we're not. And I'm just saying, in a perfect world, okay, that might be something that you could anticipate, but I would not, I would dare say that every member of the legislature has some little thing about them that they all don't right. want the public to do. If we had more time, I'd ask you what it is, but uh, what yours is. But we, I'll, I will spare you the question. I'm getting the wrap. The producers have saved us both. It's good to see you, ma'am. Thank you. Coming Thank you. up, a novel, yes, ma'am. A novel approach to fighting crime in big cities. How about just prosecuting the criminals? The about face on lenient law enforcement will show you where it's working. And we'll speak to a woman's lacrosse coach sidelined at a liberal college because she stood up for what she believes in. All she said was women should compete against women. I believe that there are so many people who are afraid of losing their jobs that they are just going to do what they have to do to keep working. Every community has a voice. When you bring together a team of people who understands the heartland, you get such a diverse perspective. That's why we're News for All America. Morning in America, weekday mornings at 6, 5 central on News Nation. My mental health was much better, but I struggled with uncontrollable moments called TD, tardive dyskinesia. 
TD can be caused by some mental health meds. And it's unlikely to improve without treatment. I felt like my movements were in the spotlight. Ingreza is a prescription medicine to treat adults with TD movements. Ingreza is different. It's the simple, once-daily treatment proven to reduce TD that's number one prescribed. People taking Ingreza can stay on their current dose of most mental health meds. Ingreza 80 milligram is proven to reduce TD movements in 7 out of 10 people. Don't take Ingreza if you're allergic to any of its ingredients. Ingreza may cause serious side effects, including sleepiness. Don't drive, operate heavy machinery, or do other dangerous activities until you know how Ingreza affects you. Other serious side effects include potential heart rhythm problems and abnormal movements. It's nice. People focus more on me. Ask your doctor about number one prescribed once daily Ingreza. Learn how you could pay as little as $0 at Ingreza.com. This is not just a shot. This is Wellness Made Easy for those who've got plans. Get your flu shot and other vaccines in one trip. Schedule online today. Bye-bye, cough. Later, chest congestion. Hello, 12 hours of relief. 12 hours? Not coughing? Hashtag still not coughing? Mucin XDM gives you 12 hours of relief from chest congestion in any type of cough, day or night. Mucin XDM. It's comeback season. Did you know taking Zizol at night relieves allergies while you sleep? So you wake refreshed for a more productive day. Get 24-hour continuous relief that does not fade. Be wise all. Take Zizol at night. Nutrisystem is your answer to losing weight at an affordable price. And look at all you get. Delicious breakfast, lunches, dinners, and snacks, including shakes that help you control hunger for up to three hours. The meals are color-coded, which makes it so easy. It's nutritional. It's portion controlled. It has everything you need in a program to help you be successful. I lost 30 pounds with Nutrisystem. I lost 85 pounds. Order your Nutrisystem plan right now to get over 50% off. Plus, for a limited time, get a free starter pack with free shakes, free shaker bottle, and free protein bars. A $55 value free. Plus, you'll love our hearty inspirations meals that keep you feeling full and satisfied for up to five hours. It's more than a meal plan. You also get free delivery, personal support, and free access to our Numia. It's affordable, it's convenient, and it works. Get everything you need to lose weight and live healthy right now. Call or go online to get over 50% off. Plus, get a starter pack free with promo code START. At ADP, we understand business today looks nothing like it did yesterday. While it's more unpredictable, its possibilities are endless. From paying your people from anywhere to supporting your talent everywhere. We use data-driven insights to design HR solutions and services to help businesses of all size work smarter today so they can have more success tomorrow. At Simply Safe, we design the number one rated home security system powered by 24-7 professional monitoring for half the cost of traditional home security. So you stay safe for less than a dollar a day. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Turns out prosecuting crime in one of America's most dangerous cities actually isn't that hard. We knew that, of course. It's obvious what was going on in St. Louis with Kim Gardner, a circuit attorney in St. Louis. She dismissed so many cases 
the number of prosecutions dropped and she oversaw a massive increase in crime that was predictable, all in the name of equity. The state's Republican attorney general pushed her out and brought in Gabe Gore. That was three months ago. I am confident that we can build a prosecutor's office here that is one of the highest performing in the country. Turns out it's actually not that hard. In just three months, charges have been filed against 1,400 people by Circuit Attorney Gore, including for things like burglary and car theft, crimes that Gardner effectively decriminalized. During the same time frame a year ago, Gardner had prosecuted half as many, 620 versus 1,400. Here now, former St. Louis homicide detective Roger Murphy. It's good to see you, sir. Thank you. Um, are things getting better in St. Louis, or is it still going to take some time, you think? Um, well, thanks for having me on. But yeah, it's going to take some time. It's going to take quite a long time to, um, to straighten the ship out and, and get it back on track. Um, it's nowhere near, um, and I'm not trying to take away from Mr. Gore, but it's nowhere near where it should be or where I think he's trying to um, say it is. Um, you know, one of the things with the 1,400 cases how many of those cases are previous cases that have been sitting on, were sitting on Tim Gardner's desk, um, you know, that hadn't been prosecuted or, or hadn't had charges issued on it. Fair enough. I, I guess, look, things start slowly, uh, as always, Correct. but... It takes a long time to turn a ship around, and so many of the prosecutors quit under Kim Gardner on and on. I guess what I'm wondering is, like, on the street, you're talking to your old buddies inside St. Louis Police Department. I'm from St. Louis. It's a lot of brave men and women uh, out there on the yeah. street in St. Louis. Uh, it'd have to be braver, considering what's been going on. But uh, yeah. as you're talking to them, is there a feeling there's a new sheriff in town or the criminals starting to get a message that it's no longer open season? No, no. They're, they're, the, the officers are still demoralized. Um they know that uh, the the officers still have the feeling that there's nothing that we can do. Um, they're hesitant about stopping people. Uh, they're, they're getting slowly back into it, but they're still real hesitant of doing it. Um, they're still hesitant of why am I doing this? Because you know, seven eight years in the last seven eight years, you know, they've seen what their what their efforts have turned out to be. You know. And they're still leaving in droves. It's, it's kind of slowed up a little bit, but they're still leaving. Um, so, and I'm not trying to beat up on Gabe Gore. I said, you know, it's going to take a while to turn around, but the officers are still having the same problems and same issues um, with uh, cases being brought down there. They're issuing more, but nowhere near what it was 10 years ago uh, before Kim Garner got in office. Yeah. Yeah, somebody who's from St. Louis, it, it makes makes your heart hurt when you when you see what's happened to the city there. Roger, thank you. We appreciate your time. Obviously, we're going to follow uh, what's going on there and see if this is is able to slow slow some of the crime there. Thank you. You're Next welcome. week, thank you yeah, thank you. Next week, Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky comes to America, he flies to New York, be the toast of the town in New York. He's going to make appearances at the United Nations General Assembly. Then he comes here to Washington, where he's going to demand more money for his war effort. That would be in addition to the $113 billion America has given him. Evidently, the Biden administration wants another $24 billion in military and humanitarian aid. As you can see on the graph, it's an awful lot of money. All of this aid and 
the aid included, of course, high-tech Western weapon systems, Leopard tanks from Germany, M2 Bradley fighting vehicles from the United States, who were supposed to help Ukraine conduct a summer offensive, which would finally push the Russian invaders out of the country, would beat them into submission. To date, it has been an unimpressive offensive. Take a look at the map. It shows where Ukrainian and Russian forces were positioned on July 12th of this year. This is when the offensive begins. Now take a look at this map from September 14th, the exact same area. Very little progress. We are talking about perhaps measured in the single miles. Billions of U.S. taxpayer dollars, tens of thousands of Ukrainian lives, and the blue area there, the small little blue areas, that's not water. That's how far the Ukrainians have advanced, and it's not far, as we said, mere miles. It's barely moved. Day 569 of this war. Winter's coming. That, of course, means the war will be more difficult with the snow and mud. The, the lines tend to be frozen for a little while. Dmitry Alperovitch, co-founder and executive chairman of the Silverado Policy Accelerator, is with us now. Dmitry, look, there was a time when everybody in Washington was united behind Ukraine. That time has passed. Zelensky's going to come. Is, is it right for uh, American leaders to say to him, look, at some point... The gravy train's going to run out. We need to get to the point where we are going to negotiate, or you're going to be forced to negotiate with Vladimir Putin, just continuing to get billions upon billions upon billions until they leave, until the Russians leave Crimea, uh, isn't a strategy. It's a very difficult situation, Leland. But look, Vladimir Putin has no interest in negotiating anything. He no, has no interest in relinquishing territory, and he hasn't given up on his ambitions to take still Kiev and uh, uh, change over the government and install a puppet regime. So the idea that Ukraine is just fighting to retake some village or some town in the south or eastern part of the country is a little bit misguided because what's at stake here is that the Russians are very likely to launch another offensive and try to go again, try to take the rest of the Donbass area, maybe try to take Kiev. So the Ukrainians are in for a very tough fight that may last many years. They were in a tough fight from 2014. I was over there in eastern Ukraine, and then there was sort of the, I don't even want to call it an armistice, but there was sort of the stalemate ceasefire thing. It was a very soft, low-intensity war. What are we to make of Vladimir Zelensky? First, the bloom appears to be off the rose. The guy who now says he wants more money to hold democratic elections. He does not appear to be running Ukraine as a truly democratic country. It feels as though Americans have a right to be, I don't know, skeptical now without being called Putin apologists when they are. Well, look, Ukraine has a lot of issues. It has huge corruption, of course. Um, that's very problematic. It has huge governance issues. But I think what's at stake here is not just democracy versus authoritarianism, which is the Biden administration position here. What's at stake is that you cannot allow countries to just grab territory whenever they want just because they're strong enough to do so. So you can't let Vladimir Putin get away with this. You can't let China get away with taking Taiwan. You cannot let great powers or, or large powers do this to smaller countries. Otherwise, the world will be in chaos. Well, that, that in and of itself is a fair point. I got about 15 seconds or so. When is it going to be time that the Biden administration has to articulate a policy end game other than as long as it takes? Look, there is only one plan here that actually is shared by all countries involved, Russia, Ukraine, United States and Europe. And that is to attract the other side, to wait it out and see who collapses first. That's the plan for everyone involved here. And uh, it remains to be seen who actually wins it. 
Yeah, with a, with a lot of an awful lot of lives caught in the middle, uh, and you know that better than most. Dimitri, it's always good to see you. Thank you. Have a good weekend. Coming up, female athletes fought for so long to get guaranteed women's teams on college campuses. Remember Title IX? Now trans players want to play there as well. We'll introduce you to the women's lacrosse coach who said no, and it almost cost her her job. No, I'm not writing a letter of apology. I'm not sorry. I will have a conversation with anyone who wants to have a conversation about this. I am passionate about this. Bottle by texting right now. I'm telling you, rut has been an absolute game changer for me. I've got more energy, more drive. I'm feeling better than I did in my 20s. As a former pro athlete, I'm always looking for an edge. Whether it's more effective workouts or better recovery, or even staying alert and focused during meetings, RUT definitely gives me that advantage. Get your free bottle by texting GAME to 312-345. Let's briefly step back in history, all the way back to the 1970s, when women did not have the same opportunity in sports as men. Women said it wasn't fair, so they fought to get their own playing field. And when Title IX finally guaranteed women a field of their own in college sports. It was a great thing. It was fair. Now in 2023, the people fighting to preserve that right are branded as bigots. Last March, transgender swimmer Leah Thomas won the 500-yard women's freestyle, becoming the first transgender athlete to win a Division I NCAA championship. That didn't sit right with a lot of people, including Kim Russell, the head of women's lacrosse at Oberlin College, the head coach. Kim felt it was unfair to all the other women athletes who worked so hard to be there, especially since Leah Thomas had competed on a men's team the previous year. Coach Kim spoke out on her private social media account, which was then sent to the athletic director. And that's when the backlash began. Kim was chastised for taking a stand on what she saw as integrity of women's sports. Oberlin College has tried to silence her, insisting she issues an apology and told her to stop being a unicorn, quote unquote, and just be a horse. Oberlin's coach, Coach Kim, was removed from her position as head lacrosse coach. And let's not forget, we have covered this university before, Oberlin. Uh, Just weeks ago, Oberlin College agreed to pay Gibson's Bakery $36 million after they falsely accused them of being racist. Coach Kim Russell uh, is with us now. Really? Unicorn and horse? That seems a little... I don't know, harsh, backwards, mean, sexist, yikes. Uh, yeah, I, I prefer being a unicorn. Yeah. Um, all right, so help us. So you put this on your private social media and you said, look, I don't think it's fair for Leah Thomas to have won. Did you think that was a really controversial viewpoint at the time? Uh, no, I didn't. Um, I actually had seen this post and it was a repost from a good friend of mine and on the post I said what do you believe I've played coached and started programs for women and girls my whole life well if there's anybody who would know the difference between men and women and their sports abilities um, it would be you so you haven't been fired right you've been just sidelined benched what would be the right term um the word they used was reassigned <laughs> and um, into another role at the college where I would be the employee wellness project manager. So working with 
employees and staff, not students. Did they think you were a danger to students? Did you, had you had some problem with students? Uh, I have never had any problem with students. Um, actually been known in the past as the hippie love coach because I love everyone I teach and coach. Um, I care about their overall wellness, everything from getting healthy snacks for them, especially girls and women don't tend to eat well, um, especially before practice or maybe after practice. They need to go right to a night class. So making sure there were always things to keep their bodies as healthy as possible. Why do you think something that seems so painfully obvious, right, that men and women have different physical abilities and having men compete against women, number one, is unfair, as we've seen with Leah Thomas's standings. But number two can be dangerous. Obviously, I don't think there's any four, you know, father of a 14-year-old girl who wants a 16-year-old boy on the lacrosse uh, field with her. Why do you think something that seems that is so obvious is so controversial? You know, Leland, I don't know. At this point, um, it boggles my mind. Um, as a woman, as a mother, as a coach, um, this, I am so passionate about this and about women having the space to play against other women, girls having the space to play against other girls. Um, if you want to play a co-ed sport, that's fine, but that's your own, you know, you're doing that um, taking that risk and knowing that. Um, I don't know any girl's goalie or women's goalie who is going to want to have a man who can shoot the lacrosse ball over 100 miles an hour um, on the field, shooting that ball when we don't wear any protective equipment. The goalie does, but um, biologically, women's bones aren't as strong. They're not as dense. We aren't as fast. Yeah, no, it's, it's speaking, we aren't it's, as look, strong I mean, the, and we don't have the stamina. Yeah, the, the data speaks for itself, right? You know, Leah, Leah Thomas, you know, wasn't even close to the top of the charts in her very best event when competing as man, men, 550th in the, in the men's freestyle, and then went on to, to win the NCAA championships when he competed as a, a woman. So it's pretty obvious sort of the, the differences here. Look, just to be clear, you could go back to coaching lacrosse if you apologized why is why is it worth standing up for this and not just saying I'm sorry and going back to doing what you love? Um, this is so important. Uh, this is a microcosm of what's going on everywhere. I know that so many coaches all over this country are so afraid to speak up. Um, I spoke with other coaches who said, Kim, you were the topic of our conversation at our head coaches meeting today. And... At that meeting, I said, so what did they tell you? And they were told, be careful what you say. Wow. Um, So this is so important to me, yeah, that women and girls have this opportunity to play against other women and girls and that we have safe spaces, locker rooms, and bathrooms as well. So important. Look, I'm not going to take a side on this because I don't uh, take sides on things, but... I can tell you the world needs more people like you who are willing to stand up on principle. Uh, That is so, so rare uh, in America these days, especially uh, in colleges and in academics. You are a, a role model in more ways than one. Thank you. Thank you.
Yes, ma'am. When we come back, more proof that men and women are indeed wired differently. Um, so simple, even a caveman could understand it. Why your reaction to this scene tells you everything about who you really are. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Evidently. I didn't know this until this morning because there's a TikTok trend out there that shows the average American male being asked about all things Roman. Do you think about the Roman Empire? How often do I think about it? Yeah. Technically, like every day. Do you think about the Roman Empire ever? Yeah, I guess sometimes. How often? I don't know. Once a week. How do you not think about the Roman Empire? Chris, you think about the Roman Empire a lot. Do you understand this? No. This is stupid. Um, I mean, not to discuss it. This is what TikTok does. It creates these fugazi trends. Um, look, I study Stoic philosophy. So there's a lot of references to, you know, Marcus Aurelius, who was seen as the last of the good emperors, obviously Roman. Um, but I, I don't even understand. I, it should be sex that they're talking about, that men think about sex constantly. And so do women, by the way. But I don't get this Roman thing. Well, what are they playing at here? I, I don't know. I, they, this all happened because on the call, on our morning editorial call this morning, a member of the team asked me how often I think about the Roman Empire. And I said, rarely, but then I went on to make a, a comparison sort of as you did to, to philosophy and it, the fall of empires and on and on and on. And the entire staff that's all younger than me burst out laughing. So Yeah, because they're evidently they think it's Right, yeah. Oh, there you see. Oh, there we go. Me. Good hair. <laughs> As long as the hair looks good, I don't care. And clean shaven. And clean shaven. I can't Um, wait to be clean shaven again. I can't wait for this protest beard to go. I want the president to go to East Palestine. Treat those people with respect. I still can't believe we we didn't get a picture of you next to the Coliseum without your shirt on. How did we not? Guys, how did we not have one of those pictures? (laughs) In a toga. (laughs) Yeah, there we go. Uh, I was thinking your Instagram. But what do you got on the show tonight? So... I'm going to make the case that crisis can be opportunity if you choose to do something and make something out of it. Migrants and the UAW strike are huge flashpoints that are going to matter in this election for the Democrats. If they they have to do more and if they don't, it's going to weigh against them. Why? Because they're in power. So we're doing that. We're also taking on a very big case of this sex therapist in Hollywood uh, who was murdered. And uh, we're going to have a good discussion and an extra long block of calls. 
All right, I will leave you with Chinese philosophy. Uh, crisis is the combination of two symbols, danger and opportunity, which I know you will explore uh. later. We'll see you then. Uh, booze and jeers, uh, you mentioned the migrant crisis. Booze and jeers on AOC and friends as New Yorkers fed up with the migrant crisis. Why was AOC attacked today? She had to leave. We'll let you know. Most of us like to be out in the sun. That's why sunscreen and other safety measures are key to protecting your skin from aging and cancer. The FDA recommends using a sunscreen with an SPF of 15 or higher. Also, look for broad spectrum on the label. That means both harmful ultraviolet A and B rays are blocked. Remember, SPF plus broad spectrum equal healthy fun in the sun. Visit www.fda.gov sunscreen for more information. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Hi, it's Frank from Access. Imagine the feeling of a parent bringing home their child who has been suffering from a devastating illness or injury, and the parents wonder if things will ever be the same. That's where Welcome Home Angel steps in. They're a nonprofit 501c3 organization creating accessible living spaces and healthy, cheerful environments in which to live and recover. To learn if you're eligible for a makeover, to donate to these amazing families, or just get involved, visit welcomehomeangel.com. Change a room, change a life. With no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Kind of like choosing Derek Jeter as the pinch hitter for your baseball team. Jeter, you're in. We need a home run. I'll give it a try. I've swung a bat once or twice. That's out of here. Yep, even easier than that. With no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. A message from Food Addicts in Recovery Anonymous. I came to Food Addicts in Recovery Anonymous overweight and depressed. I was dieting, binging, stealing food, and lying about it for years. For help, call 781-932-6300 or visit foodaddicts.org. I knew I had a weight problem. I didn't know I was addicted to food. The FA program gave me a healthy body. I'm free from obsessing about my weight or food. Call FA 781-932-6300 or visit us on our website at foodaddicts.org. This is Kelly Meyer. Get my podcast, Kelly in the Capital, at NewsNationNow.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Roxanne Watson is on a mission to have more people sign up as organ, eye, and tissue donors. What drives her? Roxanne received a heart transplant made possible by an organ donor. I decided that day to devote myself to signing up the most people in the United States. That's my goal. Now she's a powerful force for good. What could you make possible as an organ, eye, and tissue donor? Leave behind the gift of life. Go to organdonor.gov, U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. Being an Army Ranger is a very fast-paced lifestyle. I was clearing a weapons cache in Haditha, Iraq, when the building collapsed on me, burying me alive. I spent six months in the hospital and a year of recovery. When I was separated from the military, I just felt like I was useless because I only had this one thing that I was supposed to do, and then that one thing was taken away from me. And then one day, I got a call from Wounded Warrior Project. They asked me to come to a workout, and I decided that I was going to get better, both physically and mentally. Now I'm a warrior leader. I create events and opportunities for other veterans locally. 
Wounded Warrior Project did a phenomenal job reminding me that my injuries aren't going to define who I am. And because of that, I can do anything that I want. See how we help warriors combat stigma at woundedwarriorproject.org slash combat stigma. Now you can discover the mysteries of ham radio. Using modern transceivers, you can make friends all over the world. Even talk to astronauts in space, ships on the high seas, and flying aircraft thousands of miles away. Unlike phone users, ham radio operators talk absolutely free and provide vital communications during disasters or emergencies. To find out more about ham radio, visit us at ARRL.org. And remember, unlike the Internet, we crisscross the entire globe wirelessly. Now, or go online to get your free no-obligation quote. So call now. Find your someone at silversingles.com today. Chris is certainly going to be covering this. The migrant crisis has officially reached its boiling point in New York City. Angry protesters were outside the Roosevelt Hotel who drowned out Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's speech. As you just saw, she had to be escorted away. The Roosevelt Hotel has become the epicenter of the contentious migrant crisis. 41 there. 41 migrants have been arrested there since it was turned into a shelter. Most of those arrests were for domestic violence. Mayor Eric Adams says buses of migrants are continuing to arrive in New York every day. Upwards of 110,000 have come to New York in the last 15 months alone. Of course, millions have come across the border in Texas. Chris has a lot more on this. We'll see you on Monday. I'm Chris Cuomo. It is Friday. It's a frustrating Friday, but Friday nonetheless. So what do you say? Let's get after it together. Frustrating why? Because first of all, I'm still growing the